It's good to see everybody here today. We just closed out a pretty lengthy series, six weeks on follow the leader, and and it was it was great. You know, the thing about it that really spoke to me is the principles, the godly principles, the pattern that Jesus left for us is really some of them are very simple in concept, but they are difficult to live out. I mean, that whole love your neighbor piece, I think I got stuck on week two. (laughs) I'm still trying to get past week two, and and four more weeks have happened since then. So there are times, you know, where it just, it feels, uh, maybe you don't feel this way, maybe I'm the only one, but you guys just have to bear with me today. Sometimes it just feels impossible. Like, sometimes I just... I just feel like there's no way I can live up to God's expectation. I mean, he's, he's asking a lot of me, you know. I'm supposed to be perfect and all that. I mean, I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself, and I'm supposed to turn the other cheek, and I'm supposed to, all the things we talked about, right? All those principles, all those patterns that we're giving of my time, talent, treasure, uh, just obedience, submission, all those things. Sometimes, and to be quite honest with you, I just, I, am I really capable of being a Christ follower? There are some days, I'll just be honest, I don't feel like doing the right thing. I'm just tired of trying to do the right thing. There are some days, you know, where I just, I don't want to speak words of life over somebody. I want to say things that very much the opposite of life. You know, and forgiving people, there are some days I'd rather them just meet their metro bus, not getting on it, but it hitting them, you know, and then finding themselves under it. You know, just let's just bring the bus and let's just get them under it and be done with it. There are days I just don't feel like doing those things. I don't feel like being Christ-like. There are days I'm just tired. I just don't feel like it. You know, and, there, and, then, and then I hear messages like we've been hearing, and I realize, you know what? I don't know that I'm just, I, I don't know that I'm capable of doing this. And you know what? I'm not. I cannot do what Jesus taught me to do by myself. And fortunately, we serve a God who understands that about us. And he did not leave us alone. In fact, he said, I'm going to send a comforter to you that will be with you. And that is the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit, we're going to talk about that today. The Holy Spirit is the thing that gives us power to be what Christ called us to be. We cannot do that on our own. I love the songs that they were singing this morning. That one about being clean and how he took my dirty rags and made them righteous, made them pure. The Bible teaches us that on our own ability, we cannot be what God wants us to be. We cannot be perfect. But the beauty of it is he redeemed us. He gave us a way out. And we're going to talk about the purpose and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You ready? Amen. The purpose of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14. This, is, this passage of Scripture has just rocked my world. Believe me, Jesus talking to the disciples here. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Jesus talking to the disciples here. Follow this. He says, look, believe me. When you're talking about me and the Father, we're the same. We're one. And if you can't believe the words I'm saying, the words that are coming out of my mouth, then at least believe the evidence of the works that you have seen. I didn't just give you theory. I gave you theory and application. So believe on the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, watch this, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing 
and they will do even greater things than these. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. Here's why. So the Father may be glorified in the Son. Again, you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, watch this, and He will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about its purpose in our life. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to do a few things. One is to reveal the Father, not to us, but through us. To reveal the Father through us. Jesus telling the disciples, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You should know this by now. I've been teaching you this. And if you can't, still can't wrap your head around the words, at least look at the things, the evidence of the works that I've been doing, and let that solidify your belief. And so when I go away and I'm going to ask the Father to send another advocate to be with you, to stay with you forever, it's because you're going to do better things than I have been doing so that you can also glorify the Father through the Son so that the Father can be revealed in you. The evidence is through the works. Watch it. We're going to talk about this today. The evidence is through the works. He's revealing the Father in us through the Spirit of God in us through works, to help us keep His commands. That's the third thing. Like I said, we can't do this on our own, can we? I'm not capable of breaking some things on my own. I'm not capable of forgiving some people on my own. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, He enables us to keep His commands. And lastly, the good news is, He's not going to move in and then move out. Right? He's not going to leave us or forsake us. Luke chapter 24, verse 49 And behold, I send the promise of my Father unto you. This is what he spoke about in the previous verse we just read, talking about the advocate, right? The promise of my Father, the Holy Spirit, upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. The power, the comforter, the advocate, what the Father is sending, this all the same thing. The word power there comes from a word that is dunamis. And look at the definition of this, it's pretty amazing. Dunamis means inherent power. Power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. Power, listen to this, this is pretty crazy. Power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. When we come to Christ and we allow forgiveness to wash over us and we allow His Spirit to uh, move inside of us, the Bible says that we are clothed with the righteousness of Christ. Which means the Holy Spirit that lives in me, I have virtue because I'm robed in the righteousness of Christ. Therefore, by virtue of that nature, the Spirit of God can live inside of me. You might have to chew on that one for a bit. But what I'm saying is when He willingly laid down His life for us, He said, you come to me in your mess, in your brokenness, and I won't look at you through the eyes that everyone else looks at you, even the way you look at you. Instead, I'll take my righteousness because I'm pure and I will cover you with that righteousness. I'll remove your sin. And so when I look at you now, I see the righteousness of Christ in you. 
so the Spirit can now move inside of you and live inside of you because you are righteous by the blood of Jesus. It's amazing. It also means the power for performing miracles or moral power and excellence of soul. I'm talking about the power of the Spirit of God that lives in us. It is a supernatural experience that has physical evidence attached to it. Has anyone seen God? I don't think so. Because God is a spirit, right? We've felt His presence. We felt it this morning. We sensed it. When you came to Christ for the first time, confessed your sins, you felt something happen inside of you, there is a spiritual, supernatural transaction that takes place. The Holy Spirit is that supernatural transaction that happens, but it produces physical evidence. Acts chapter 2, verse 39. For the promise, the Spirit here, is unto you, to your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Everyone is eligible to receive the Spirit of God. That is our purpose, to help people find that relationship with Christ. What does the evidence of the Holy Spirit in my life look like? Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the ends of the earth. Evidence of the Spirit of God is you begin to be a witness to that Spirit. You begin to be a witness of Christ. Remember, I told you the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to what? Reveal the Father in us. You become a light to a dark world because people start to see Christ in you. The Bible refers to Christ as our hope of eternity. So when people begin to see Christ in you, they begin to realize there is hope beyond what I know right now. So the Holy Spirit in us enables us to be a witness for Christ. And let me just clarify what I'm saying there. It doesn't mean that you say a lot of words. It doesn't mean that you knock on every door in your neighborhood to tell them that I'm witnessing to you about Christ. Right? Sometimes a witness is just a person representing something. Right? I've gone, my job has taken me to places to represent my government customer as their representative. And I have to sign papers as a witness to an event. Right? I didn't say anything. I just had to be present as a witness. That's why I'm telling you the Spirit of God begins to reveal the Father in you so you become a witness wherever you go in the way that you live. So if you're worried about, I'll never be able to witness properly because I don't know the Scripture well enough or I don't have a lot of words to say or I'm super shy or I'm bashful or I stutter or whatever the case may be, God's not asking you to say a lot of words. He's asking you to let the Spirit of God shine in you because that's what reveals Christ in you. If you don't know how to receive the Holy Spirit, in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter made it pretty simple. Repentance is important. Baptism is important, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's very simple. Coming to Christ, repenting of our sins, opening our heart to Him, allows His Spirit to move inside of us. So how do we know if we have evidence that the Spirit of God lives in us? I'm glad you asked me that question. I happen to have some answers for you today. <laughs> First of all, there's a, I said this a minute ago, there's 
a phys- there's physical evidence for a supernatural event, something that happens that you cannot see, but there becomes physical evidence of that manifestation. In Acts chapter 2, Jesus had met with his disciples, his followers, says, I'm about to ascend to heaven, but go and wait for me in Jerusalem. We read that scripture just a few minutes ago. Wait for me there, and I'm going to send my spirit to you. So they're all in the upper room. They're all gathered together. They really don't know what to do. They're just hanging out, and they're just praying, and they're just waiting because that was their last direction. And so as they're there, they're praying the Bible. If You've got to go home and read Acts chapter 2 if you've never read Acts chapter 2 because it paints an amazing picture. There was such a physical manifestation of this spiritual event, right? They're all in the upper room, and the presence of God comes in. The Bible says it came in like a wind, like you could hear the sound of a wind. And they're experiencing this, and they begin to speak in other tongues and different languages. And people are amazed because they start speaking these languages, and everybody's like, man, they're speaking my language, and I'm from another country. They're speaking my language, and I'm from another country. Just this supernatural thing that happened, and they're glorifying God, and all this is happening, it's transpiring, as, the, as there became a physical representation of a supernatural event. Happened in Acts chapter 2. There was a notable change, a noticeable change to the people around them. I can tell you this, when you experience Jesus Christ and His Spirit is living in you, people around you will notice a difference in your life. They may not come and tell you, but I can promise you they will see a difference in your life. Another thing that's evidence of the Spirit of God is it becomes a catalyst for supernatural events in the natural world. So these same disciples, the next chapter over, Acts chapter 3, they're going to the synagogue, to the temple to pray, and there's a guy that's sitting by the gate, and his legs don't work. He's been crippled since he was a child, and he's begging for money. That's how he makes his living. Someone carries him, drops him at the gate, he begs, he goes home. So these two disciples, they walk up to him, and he's begging for, for money, and they just basically look at him and say, you know what, I don't have much change to give you today, but how about, would, how, about, how about not having to beg anymore? How about that for an option? How about not being crippled anymore? Would you like that better than some coins in your cup? What about that for an option? And so they just simply prayed, and he was healed. That's physical evidence of a supernatural thing. I mean, there's no magic potion. There's just God Almighty. And I, 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 you, we, we did this a few months ago. We, we had uh, a sermon and we talked about miraculous events that have happened in just people in, in this church. Things that have happened in my life. Things that I've witnessed. I'm sure you've seen miraculous events. Maybe you didn't see somebody grow legs, but maybe you saw somebody that had cancer and all of a sudden the cancer is gone. Right? So, so miracles happen and that's a physical evidence of the Spirit of God at work. You don't see the Spirit of God doing it in the background, but instead you see the results. The phys- That's why Jesus said, if you're having a hard time with just the words I'm saying, let the works, the evidence of the works speak for themselves. Let me just say this. Never underestimate the miraculous in your life when you're a Christ follower. Never underestimate it. I mean... We just take things for granted, folks. Something happens, we pray about it, and then it works out, and we don't give it a second thought. We're like, worked out. We overlook the fact that, listen, if we're a Christ follower, and we have the Holy Spirit living in us, God is working on our behalf. People should look at you and say, man, how how are you so lucky all the time? Let me just tell you, it ain't luck. 
Let me just tell you, I got somebody looking out for me. I'm not going to just tip my hat to the man upstairs. I know his spirit lives here. Does that mean I don't have trouble? No, that is not what it means at all. What that means is I don't walk through trouble by myself. That means I go through things and there is the Spirit of God living with me. The Father is going to be revealed in me. He's going to recognize. People are going to look. I'm going to realize. I don't know how I'm doing this, but somehow it's working out. And I don't want us to, 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 to fall guilty or pray to this attitude that just, well, it just happened to work itself out. No, it doesn't just work itself out. God is working in our lives. And when the Holy Spirit is at work in your life, you need, don't underestimate the miraculous in your life. You know, maybe you were praying for, you know, you to get better looking and that miracle's not happening. <laughs> but don't lose faith. Maybe God did something different by giving you a promotion at work that you weren't expecting. Or maybe it was one you've been praying about a long time. And you just say, well, it finally worked out. My boss finally got what? No, the Spirit of God is working in your life. Don't underestimate the miraculous. That's evidence. And when someone says to you, well, why are you a Christian? Don't like, uh, well, it uh, seems like the right thing to do. No, come tell the story. Well, I can tell you what's happened in my life since I became one. No, it's not perfect, but man, I have a whole lot more peace than I had before. Don't underestimate the power of being able to go to, go to bed at night and sleep in peace. Don't underestimate the fact that the miraculous of 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 love in your life, that you're not consumed by, by guilt and fear. We just don't under, understand or realize the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our life. Especially those of us that have been around this for a long time. We just kind of get numb to it a little bit. It's always funny to me, in a non-funny sort of way, how we're so quick to focus on something that hasn't happened. Well, I prayed and it didn't happen. Meanwhile, 67 miracles just took place in your life in the last month and you hadn't even given, you haven't even realized it. But you're wrapped up on the one that's not working out the way you think it should. Boy, I'm glad you are listening because this clearly is not for me today. <laughs> this is it, right? I don't realize how, the, how much the Holy Spirit works in my life. And you know, the thing is, I, I won't, Really, I want people to look at me and see the Father revealed in me. And the only way that can happen is if I'm letting the Holy Spirit work in my life. The other thing that happened is there was a notable increase in faith and boldness after the Holy Spirit was poured out on the disciples. That miracle I told you about with the lame man, well, things didn't work out so well. They got accused of a lot of things. They ended up in jail. I mean, really? They... They pray for the guy and he grows his legs back. They're working and they get put in jail. No good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> so, nothing was working out well. The disciples got in trouble. They told, you don't preach the name of Jesus anymore because that's uh, heresy and you're going to just, we're going to, it's not going to be good. So go home and tell all your buddies, don't do this anymore. And so they get home and they're, they're, they've just been through some, some struggles and strife and get their, they got beaten and all kinds of fun things. And they go back and they're like, my. First of all, they have an amazing attitude because they're, they were, they, the Bible says they considered themselves blessed to be able to suffer for the name. Wow, I've, we've come a long way, baby. Not necessarily the right way either. To realize that, that we could be grateful that we face some persecution for the name, for identifying with the name of Christ. 
we live in such a, a great society right now, follow me in context, in that you can be a Christian and sometimes, in most cases, no one really looks bad at you. In fact, it's kind of a cool thing. Like if I say, you know, I'm a pastor of church, that's neat, that's awesome. That's not always the case, and it hasn't always been the case. So we don't face that kind of persecution. We face a different kind of persecution. And so they went back, and they began to pray, and the Bible says that the Spirit came on them again, and they were bold. And they began to share the message of the gospel with bold. They weren't afraid. They told us not to, not to preach and teach in His name. You know what? I'm going to preach and teach His name twice as much as I did before. Like they just, this crazy boldness just took over them, and, and their prayers were, were packing a punch, and they were like, things were happening. So evidence of the Spirit of God is your prayer, the increase of faith and boldness in your prayer. It gives power to that. The other thing that happens is there, there becomes a superhuman faith element that attaches itself to your life. Faith for the impossible. Faith for things that you're like, oh, it's hopeless, friend. No, it's not hopeless. God's going to fix it. How's God going to heal someone of cancer? Really, you're praying for that to happen? Really, you're praying that that... that uh, addiction you've been facing your whole life, it's going to go away, really? You, faith for that, really? Faith that God's going to heal your marriage, you've been hating that woman for 14 years, <laughs> really? God's going to heal that, right? I'm telling you, when the Spirit of God lives in you, there's this, there's this connection that happens that defies logic. You begin to believe God for things that I don't know why I believe it because the evidence is saying it. I shouldn't believe it, but I've been praying and I know that God is able. Come on, things, we prayed just a few minutes ago that God would open some doors for our church community. I'm telling you beyond the ability for us to reason on our own. I'm talking about the kind of faith that only God can muster in us. Amen. The Spirit also disperse the spiritual gifts. I'm not going to spend too long here, but just briefly touch on this. You can read about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But the Spirit of God begins to do things in our life, and there are gifts that God gives to people, gives to us, gifts of faith, gifts of healing, gifts of knowledge and wisdom, things that... Have you ever been in a conversation with someone talking about something that's going on in your life? Maybe it was a pastor, maybe it was just another believer... And, and you're having this conversation, you're kind of pouring out your struggles, the challenge, you don't have an answer, and the person sitting across from you begins to talk to you and share with you, and then it's like they begin to just give you information. You're like, how do they know this? How is it there? This is the answer I've been looking for, and this person is just pouring it out. That's a gift of the Spirit. It's called the word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. It's when God uses His Spirit within a person to speak something to you that is an answer to something you're seeking. I'm telling you, we underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit. We marginalize it. We put Him in a little, I know He exists, but I don't know what for, box. And the Bible clearly says that He's here to reveal the Father through us, but He's never leaving Are you with me? That means as long as you're alive, the Holy Spirit is with you, wanting to work in you. And we marginalize that Spirit so often and we put it into a classification of what we are able to do or not do on our own. The purpose for the Spirit of God in us, these spiritual gifts, is so that the body of Christ can mature and grow 
so that when we face things that we don't have an answer for, God miraculously gives us the answer we're looking for. We, we pray for someone, we, we share a word with someone, and it's the answer that they've been asking God for. How does that happen? How does that happen? It happens because God can do anything. Anything. It's amazing. I'll share a quick story. When my parents were missionaries in Africa, uh, my dad was, uh, had a terrible case of malaria, uh, was pretty much on just, just it, was, it was our first couple of years in the country, and, and he was just struggling with this sickness. Like he would get better, a couple of weeks later he'd be sick again. So like two, three weeks to recover. Imagine the worst case of the flu you've ever had, and that's pretty much it times ten. Right, and so he was just struggling with illness. Could not get well. Could not. Could not. Just he was feeling very depressed, very frustrated because he was called to this country to work for God, and all he's doing is being sick. Right, very disheartening. And so one particular time during his sickness, he was he was very distraught, very depressed, very weary, and he just prayed. He's like, God, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done with this. I didn't come all, leave my family, come all the way to some foreign country to just lay in bed because I'm sick all the time. It's like, I'm done. You're going to have to fix this because I can't. And a person that he knows in America was in a service just like this on a Sunday. And in the middle of this woman's speaking, she was a missionary for many years. She was speaking to a congregation. She stops what she's saying. And she said, folks... There's a missionary that's in Africa right now that I just felt the Holy Spirit call his name out and we need to pray for him right now. She stopped what she's doing in the middle of church and they prayed for my dad and the next morning my dad was fine. That's what the Holy Spirit can do. That's not... That's a physical evidence. That's physical evidence of a supernatural thing that's happened. There was no phone call, no text message. It was just a God thing. It was a Holy Spirit work. Never, I'm going to toss this out there. You're driving to work and someone's name pops in your head. Pray for that person right then. Right then. Don't write a note and say, I'll talk about it later. Pray for that person. Speak their name right then. That's how the Holy Spirit works in us. And you never know what He's doing because He's sovereign and we are not. Amen. Spiritual warfare. It's, a human, it's human involvement in the supernatural elements. The world that we can't see with our eyes. When we pray, God does things that are beyond our wildest imagination. The Holy Spirit breaks chains. In Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 10, uh, in many times the, the Old Testament talks about anointing. When they went to crown a new king, they would pour this special anointing oil over the head of the king, signifying that he was a king. They used anointing oil in the Old Testament. It was, it was a symbol. It was symbolic. And it, in most applications, when you read about the anointing in the Old Testament, it translates right over to the Spirit of God in the New Testament because one was a, a natural symbol of what the spiritual thing was. And so when I read this passage in Isaiah, understand that. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27, It shall come to pass in that day, 
that his burden shall be taken off his shoulders and his yoke from off his neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing or because of the Spirit. You guys, have, we've talked about this here before. A yoke that went on the, the, the cattle's neck. It kept them tethered to a load. They couldn't leave. They were stuck right there, right? What he's painting a picture here is when there's spiritual opposition, there's spiritual oppression in your life, you're locked into a yoke, a chain, a bondage, and you can't break free. You're stuck. But what the Spirit of God can do is break that off of you. You don't have to be in that position anymore because the Spirit of God can break those chains. I'm talking about addictions, vices. I'm talking about attitude problems. I'm talking about heart issues. I'm talking about bad relationships. I'm talking about fear. I'm talking about anxiety. I'm talking about all, you put a label on it. It's something that can keep you locked in a prison. Then the Spirit of God can break it. If you feel trapped by it, the Spirit of God can set you free from it. If you're caught and captured and ensnared by it, the Spirit of God can deliver you from it. We marginalize the Holy Spirit way too much. Way too much. Because we live and we're trained and we're taught to fix our problems. Right? We are taught independence, which is a wonderful thing until it comes to your spiritual well-being and it's a curse. We are dependent on our Savior. And if we are fully dependent, the Holy Spirit can work in us. Yes. Pastor Scott preached in a message when we, when we were doing Follow the Leader. Remember the one about submission? It was Baptism Sunday. Submission. What is submission? Submission is acknowledging that Christ in you is what produces Him in you. Right By submitting yourself, by not being so independent, by yielding yourself to Him, He can work in you and you can begin to see the fruit of that evidence of that supernatural. Man, this is cool stuff. He gives us power to live a victorious life. Romans chapter 8, verse number 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation... For those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Listen to verse 3. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh. In other words, I try to do the right thing, but some days I just don't. I know what I'm supposed to do. Some days I just can't. Right? The law is supposed to, but it's weak because of us. God sent His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering, to pay the price. And so He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteousness requirement of the law might be fully met in us. Who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. The Spirit of God enables us to live a righteous life. If you don't think you can manage all those six things that we're trying to follow Christ on and follow the leader, (laughs) if you don't think you can love your neighbor the way you're supposed to, if you don't think you can be Christ, if you don't think you can have a submissive heart, if you don't think you can do these things, this is the answer. Because through us, through His Spirit in us, we are able to be what Christ has called us to be.